Headliner Radio, the creative voice. This is Will Hawkins, and welcome to Headliner. Today, we are at the Harmon Experience Center in Los Angeles, California, with our new guest, who is based here in Los Angeles, bred in New York, and had an EP last year called Sweet Sweet Honey, and a new album coming out in 2023 called Late Bloomer. Please welcome to the stage... Tommy. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Right on. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's a dream come true, to be honest. I yeah, to meet me? Like, <laughs> to meet you. Oh my yeah. goodness. I had no idea I had such a following. Best but... hair in the game. <laughs> thanks to Headliner Magazine for giving me this stage for somebody who would want to actually sit and talk with me. But thank, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Uh, so how long have you been in Los Angeles making music? I've been here for four years. And you and you were originally from New York. I am. I was born in Connecticut, lived in New York for a long time, and I like to consider myself a New Yorker. And how's that? Like now being here four years, how is being a New Yorker work for you in Los Angeles as a as a also a New Yorker? Right. I yeah. mean, yeah, you know that. Yeah. So how has your experience been here as a as a New Yorker trying to be an Angelino? I have had to learn to slow down <laughs> and to be patient when I'm getting coffee. <laughs> Why does it take five minutes to get it coffee? It takes so long. I and I have to like, I've like, now that I meditate because I'm in LA, <laughs> I just meditate in line, you know? You kind of have to. And that was like one of the first things I recognized. I was an avid kidney in Venice. I'm like, why is this taking so long? Because everyone was friendly and like yeah. talking about what they were going to do that day. And I was oh, like, yeah. just give me my freaking coffee. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a 45 minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your musical life? like in New York? What Were you playing shows there? Were you writing while you were in New York? I played shows probably three times a week. Um, wow. I was I was living in Brooklyn, so I played all of the old like punk bars, Trash Bar, Spike Hill, um, you know, like every like dingy, like drunk bar I was playing in. It's quite possible I booked you at one of those. Oh, so. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at what point did you say, okay, I'm done with New York and I want to experience another city and try to write there? I was walking in the winter and this cold wind slapped me in the face and I just, it was like my boiling point. I was like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> I just wanted to like have quiet. I wanted to have a, a little house. I just saw my friends who moved out here. They were like, I have a house and I pay less rent than you. Yeah. So that was a big selling point. Yeah. The, the quality of life here is certainly easier and I found it makes it, it opens me up to write more. Yeah. actually, in oh, a yeah. lot of ways, where New York, sometimes that rhythm that get things done, that certainly helps in some ways, but to have the freedom kind of just to sit back and let the songs come was something that was new to me. Yeah. And to like be in nature, I think has been really helpful yeah. to just kind of let your mind relax. I think New York is, I love New York. I love the energy. I love the conversations there. Um, it's really easy to step outside and go to a bar and then you're like, well, now I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so. <laughs> yeah, here at 8 o'clock, it feels like midnight. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what is your writing process like? It's been, I guess, like, the my best songs come from writing lyrics. I do a lot of free writing. And then I'll sit and play a couple chords on my guitar and, and read kind of from those that page of words and just kind of pull things out. Um, and from there, I'll just finesse the song and, and create the story that I am trying to tell. I usually don't go into it with uh, an idea. Like I, I, I kind of forms on its own as I figure out what I'm feeling and what I'm trying to say. 
And it's very rare that I go in and I'm like, I'm going to write a song about this today. I think it's more about just like capturing a feeling that I'm, you know, experiencing in real time. Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching this documentary about Marvin Gaye and he was in the studio and he was just, he had already had the music tracks written, but he didn't have lyrics. He didn't have a melody for that matter. And what he would do is just, he was in the vocal booth listening to the tracks and then just comping and then just coming yeah. up with some, like what really whatever was coming out of it. And then he'd find something that worked and then he'd build the song around that. And I thought that was a really interesting way to write songs. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times. I do that when I'm working with other people. Yeah. And I, what's that collaborative effort like when you work with other musicians? I really enjoy it when it's with people that are band people, like people that like play in rock bands. Um, I like jamming. So it's yeah. like very much like have a few puffs and start just playing some chords and singing and we press record and see what happens. What were some of your early musical influences? I grew up listening to Bruce Springsteen, East Coast <laughs> girl. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, a lot of pop music when I was a teenager. Um, and as I got older, I got really into like Brandy Carlisle and um, just big female vocals. And yeah. that has been like a huge influence in just how I... I'm a huge fan of Brandy's. Yeah. She's just like those soaring vocals just make me weep. I know. Like... And she's done it her own way. Like her path is so like she was with a major label, got dropped, like didn't give up and kept going. And I just really love her story. And and also the way that country and folk and Americana is are starting and really embracing the LGBTQ yes. community. And Brandy's one of those people who've really been at the forefront of that. Truly. Yeah. And what has that experience been for you, like now in Los Angeles, writing songs, playing gigs? What's the community like here for you? I love the community here. I'm in. I'm a big like LGBTQ community advocate. Um, I have found everybody to be incredibly supportive. A ton of musicians here. Um, everyone shows up to the gigs and you know is like cheering the whole time. And it's just it's really a, a nice place to be for that kind of style and for that support and how have you worked on your social media and marketing promoting yourself online social media is my frenemy (laughs) (laughs) i love the fact that i can talk to anybody anywhere i think that's really special and especially with touring there's people that i you know i played a show maybe like three or four years ago and i can still like dm them they can still check in and see what's going on i love that aspect of it I find it to be a little complicated because I prefer to see people in real life and to perform in real life. I think especially like the pandemic playing to my phone was really disorienting and you know, like it made me go inward, which is why I wrote a folk album. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and now I will be sad. There was a time during the pandemic where my almost my entire Facebook feed were people doing live feeds oh, from yeah. their house, <laughs> yes. and that's all it was, just littered with 20 different ones at any time. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of venues are you been playing at in Los Angeles? I play at the Echo a lot, which I really enjoy, um, mostly because it's very close to where I live. Um, I The Lodge. Um, Lodge is great. Yeah. Love that yeah, place. Yeah, I love I, like Highland Park venues. Love them. Any, Have, that kind of that kind of room, I really like that size. And didn't the hi hat just open up yes. to something else? What's that new goldfish? Venue? Goldfish, how's yeah, that looking? It rocks. That's fucking awesome. You can play pool, listen to bands. It's great. Drink How, orange wine. Orange wine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most LA bar ever. 
Let's talk a little bit about your recording process. Like now, once you've got your demo and your songs, do you go in with one song at a time? Do you go in with a cluster of songs? What does that look like for you? I usually, I'm kind of a one song at a time person. I like to finish the song and move on. Um, My demos usually make it into the final cut. Oh, wow. I really like getting the vocal like the same vocal that I recorded, I really like using it because it's usually the exact emotion I'm going for because I'm going through the experience of whatever I'm talking about. And I think trying to re-sing it, like I love doing that on stage because there's people and I'm like, you know, it's like a performance. Right. But in the studio, I really, I think grabbing that when it's fresh is really important to me. That's really interesting. I was I I used to play in New York back when like Nora Jones and Ray LaMontagne were coming up. And yeah. when Nora was cutting her first album, Don't Know Why, they went into the studio and they recorded the whole album. But the take that they took for Don't Know Why was her demo yes. because it had this intimacy to it that the rest of the album just they couldn't recapture. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's definitely something about the magic. So tell me a little about this EP that you released. And that was during the pandemic? It was. And were you recording that during the pandemic as well? Yeah, I flew home to to Connecticut. um, And I was at my parents' place for three months. And I wrote it. I didn't, I honestly wrote it as a practice of like just coming back to my roots um, of just playing guitar and and focusing on my lyrics and my storytelling. I was never going to release it. It really was just going to be for me. And as I started to develop the production of it, I was just like, you know, this is really something I'm really proud of. And I think whether it's it's not for me, it, it's not about the numbers. It's not about, you know, how many people are hearing it, but I just wanted to put it out because it felt like a really big part of my story. How Springsteen, Nebraska. I you. know. <laughs> I know. It's truly. <laughs> so now that you've released that, during the pandemic, what were some of the ways that you were promoting music to make sure that people found it? Well, the live streams. The live streams. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. a lot of those. I had my band come and we played live a couple times. Um, we did it a couple times a week for that, which is really fun. Um, a lot of covers, a lot of learning, yeah. you know, new guitar techniques and, you know, experimenting with that. I were just, I always had my phone with me, obviously. And so I was like always recording myself. I recorded the entire process of making that record. That's really cool. You know, it's, I was never one to really spend a lot of time doing covers. You know, I was practicing more about my songs. But Mm -hmm. during COVID, I also did the live stream for a little bit and I went through my material pretty fast. So I was learning everyone else's songs just to be able to fill the time. And it became a really good, almost like a graduate class on how to write songs differently yeah. because, oh, that's how you do the bridge and that's your intro. And it really gave me a, like a new insight in writing my own songs by look by kind of dissecting the way that other people have written something. Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge Tom Petty fan too. Yeah. And I didn't realize how, how easy his songs were. I know. That's no, the they kind of are. But then you have someone like Mike Campbell his lead guitarist, and he's able to do these little inflections or these little flourishes that really make that song something special. Right. And so when you're writing your own material, do you have, do you collaborate on your own stuff too? I do. I, a lot for the record, I brought in a lot of musicians to, um, to kind of fill out space and, um, and, and on that EP, I had a violinist come in and play 
over the recorded songs. Oh, cool. Who so did you use? I used Oliver Hill. Nice. Um, who's an incredible, I mean, he's just incredibly talented. There's and, some really, really amazing violinists in this town. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, there's so many musicians. I was like, <laughs> who do I pick? <laughs> so you have a new album that's coming out in 2023. Yes. Is that completed? It is. So when did you start that process of the new album? I started that process at the beginning of 2020. Um, I finished almost all of it then. I then went home, recorded this other record, released that, and then I came back to the album, which I didn't know at the time if I wanted to release. But again, it was like a very big part of my story. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot, a couple of the songs I actually just, I re-recorded. I kept the vocal, but I re-recorded everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to bring it into the, into the realm of what I want to be and who I am live at, with my band and where I'm going. I think that's just really like, it's a, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's right. not the whole thing. And yeah. And what thread, if there is one between the EP and the album? Well, it's, it predates yeah. the EP. So the EP is very like, in introverted and lyrical this is very like in your face and extroverted mm -hmm. so it, it does it's kind of has this duality which i really enjoy and i think especially as the album progresses you can hear where how the ep weaves into it and sonically it, it starts to kind of like feel like the ep does and then tie uh, yeah. There's like a nice bow tie at the end between the two, but I, I found it kind of I don't know. We'll see if it, if it reads, but <laughs> but I found it really interesting going through that process and being like, D is this does this make any sense? But to me, I'm like, this is the story. Like it's about coming into your own voice. It's about being empowered by yourself, having to be your own cheerleader, and being like, you know, in your 20s. And it's about my time in New York. It's about like just how to find your own voice and to listen to the voice inside of your head that's giving you the right advice um, and just to follow that. I think that that's really hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. And we go through that process and hopefully we come out the other end better <laughs> for it. <laughs> and with the pandemic, I mean, we all went through it. We survived it differently. We all had to go through it our own way. Was there anything that you came out of it with maybe with better perspective coming out of it than when you went into it just personally I I definitely changed a lot I like slowed down a lot I became more aware of my decisions and my effect on other people um I I also like cut back on a lot of my social my socializing obviously and and really became um aware of who I am spending time with and why and um I just, I think I just like really became more aware of my surroundings and like who's positive and how I can be a better person to the people I love. Right. I mean, there's, there's sayings as if you want to know who I am, look who I spend my time with. Totally. You know? Yeah. And there are those who steal our time and some who add to the time. Exactly. And it's really up to us to, to uh, protect and defend ourselves from those who are stealing anything yeah. from us, but especially our time. Yeah. Uh, so... What can we hope to see from you in the next couple months? Um, I'll be playing shows, putting out a lot of videos. I've been busy making some very surrealist work in the video land. So the music videos are fire. And um, 
I'm really excited about sharing the visuals. I've that's been a missing link for me, um, and something that I haven't exper experimented with yet. So that is a big like package of fun. <laughs> and where can our viewers and listeners find you online? So I I'm, a, I'm big on Instagram. So I am big on Instagram. My handle is at the name Tomi T O M I. Um, and TikTok is the same, the name Tomi, and literally all my handles are the same, the name Tomi. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into TikTok. I'm more of a viewer at this point, but we will be putting some fun stuff up there. Um, it's, it's actually a really interesting medium. It I've, is. I've started I to get into it. it. Like the first <laughs> six weeks, all I got was teenagers dancing. And I said yep. to my friend who worked at TikTok, I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm again, they're like, oh, the AI is still figuring you out. And <laughs> now it's more music related and a lot of like in-home chefs. I seem to oh, be yeah. getting a lot of that yeah. too. I get chefs, I get dogs. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then you have some, sh you have some shows coming up and when can we ha expect the new release? So the first single comes out in January and then we'll do like a single a month. The release will come out in the spring, late bloomer, you know? Flowers blooming. <laughs> that does not go unnoticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you, thank so you much. for joining us. And until next time, this is Will Hawkins from Headliner. And thank you, Tommy. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.